episode four of season two of From Timber Falls with Love, your little dose of romance in the midst of daily life. I'm your host, Fiona West. I'm an author, wife, mom, and teacher, and I'm here to give you a peek into what's happening in your favorite small town. Today I've got chapter four of Could Be Something Good, the first book in the Timber Falls series. You get to meet more of Daniel's family and find out his favorite pastime, as well as the disability that sometimes holds him back. Enjoy! Chapter 4 Daniel was still scratching his head when he arrived at his parents' house a few minutes later. The garage door was open, his father's touring bike still sitting out from a ride earlier, so he let himself in that way. He'd worked earlier, then gone home to shower before heading over to Ainsley's to check on the new roommate like he'd promised Kyle, and discovered to his delight that the beautiful woman who'd brushed him off, the woman who was his attending physician's daughter, was also his best friend's new roommate. His initial thought, that the universe was rewarding his boldness in approaching her earlier in the week was quickly replaced with a conviction that it might not be a reward, at least not the quick and easy kind. He couldn't put his finger on exactly why he liked her. She was beautiful, of course, but she obviously didn't tolerate fools. Unfortunately, she'd already classified him as a grade-A fool from the moment they met. Well, it was unfortunate, but it wasn't insurmountable. Knock-knock, Daniel called as he opened the front door and let himself in, wiping his feet on the mat. The rain had just stopped for the first time all day. January was truly the longest month of the year. Kyle looked up from the den where he was playing a game of battleship with their nephew, Cooper. Well? Winifred Baker, the midwife. That's the new roommate. Kyle looked at the ceiling like he was doing math in his head as he considered this. That should be okay. She give you the cold shoulder again? Sort of. Daniel smoothed his hair back against his head. But I I think she'll warm up to me. Who will? Cooper asked, looking between his uncles. It's your move, Kyle informed the boy. Still. That's really nice of you to play battleship, Uncle Kyle, Daniel said, using a tone that reminded him of Ainsley's teacher voice as he strolled into the kitchen to find an appetizer. Wasn't my first choice, he grumbled. It was either this or go for another bike ride with Dad, and I hated the first one. Go, Coop. B3. You already asked that one. Aren't you marking your missus? My missus? Cooper asked, perplexed. Why would I mark my... Oh. Um, can we start over? Daniel chuckled as he went into the kitchen. Mom? Just me, his sister replied, looking up from the book she was reading on her stool at the kitchen counter. He gave Maggie a kiss on the temple, then tugged on her wavy brown braid. It killed their mom that she put so little effort into her appearance, he knew. Daniel secretly admired Maggie for being true to herself. Just you, your, he teased, and she rolled her eyes at him. Where have you been, anyway? she asked, slipping a paper napkin on the counter into her book as a bookmark. I've hardly seen you. I would think junior year would be keeping you plenty busy without your big brother around to entertain you, sis. Then you'd be wrong, she said, lifting her chin, and he chuckled so hard his shoulders took. He pulled her into a long hug and she greedily squeezed him back. She'd always been a kid who craved touch. Seemed like his mom never put Maggie down the first two years of life. 
Even though he was almost 10 years older than her, they'd always been the ones subjecting the rest of their family to the aggressive couch snuggling, much to Kyle's chagrin. Sorry, Mags, I've been really busy with my residency. I'll try to come around more. She'd never come to the hospital willingly, he knew. Childhood cancer had a way of making hospitals synonymous with hell. I forgive you, I guess. Can I ask later? he asked, popping an olive from a veggie tray into his mouth. Only if you want to lose, she said, picking her book back up with a grin. His mother came into the kitchen, juggling several bottles of wine. You're here, she said, and delight suffused her face as she gave him an air kiss on each cheek. Sorry, I heard you calling, but I was on the phone rescheduling Janie Leopold. She had to take her mother to a doctor's appointment, and you can't do that if your head is under a hairdryer. Farrah always assumed everyone wanted the same level of gossip in their lives that her clients at the salon, sheer brilliance, did. That's okay, he said, clapping his hands. Put me to work. Your father was supposed to start the grill, but he's lingering in the shower, apparently. Do you mind? Nah, I don't mind. I don't really need my eyebrows. I'm sure Kyle will patch me up if tragedy befalls me. No, I won't. I've had enough work for this week. Daniel grabbed the long matches from the drawer by the stove and went outside, only to find his oldest brother, Philip, and his sister-in-law, Claire, sitting near the fire pit on the covered patio, hands intertwined. Oh, I see how it is, Daniel said. Philip's already out here, but I get put to work lighting the grill. Daniel slapped his brother on the back and gave Claire a fist bump. She was five months pregnant, and he carried enough germs around that he didn't want to risk giving her something he didn't know he had. You guys doing okay? Oh, you know, she said, rubbing her belly. Except for the acid reflux, the constipation, and the insomnia, we're good. Both of you have that? Daniel cocked his head as the grill flamed to life. Philip, are you having sympathetic pregnancy symptoms? He ducked as his brother threw an outdoor pillow at him, and Claire laughed. And if you are, he continued undeterred, would you consider coming in to speak to my residency group about the experience? Philip was getting out of the chair to make Daniel shut up when he backed down. Never mind, never mind. You're all talk, baby brother, Phil smirked, sitting back down. Maybe not all talk, Daniel said thoughtfully, but at least 75%. After he lit the grill, he warmed his hands over the fire for a moment. Why are you guys sitting out here? It was loud in there, Claire explained. Also, someone else is playing with our kid. Ah. The sliding door opened and his dad came outside. Oh, good, you're here, he said, clapping him on the shoulder. Let's go for a quick ride. That was a no-brainer. Sure. Wait a minute, Farrah called from the kitchen. You just went for a quick ride. With Kyle, not with Daniel. Kyle doesn't know anything about bikes. Ten miles tops, Evan said, grinning, as he dragged Daniel by his collar through the kitchen toward the garage door. Daniel mouthed a quick sorry to his mother, who just smiled and shook her head. You've got to try this, his father said, pointing to the road bike sitting in the middle of the garage. Which one? Daniel asked, feigning perplexity. How many bikes is that now? Eight? I sold two of them to get this one. It's amazing. Like riding on glass. Sounds slippery, Daniel said, crouching down to get a better look at the gears and adjust the seat to his height. I got that, his dad said, grabbing an Allen wrench off the cluttered tool bench nearby. Grab a helmet. You're going to love it. Since his own riding gear was at his place, he blew the dust off one of his dad's loner helmets and strapped it on. He still had his jacket on. They headed out of town, going east toward Detroit Lake, but then his dad veered onto a logging road he hadn't been down before. 
Daniel breathed deep and slow, letting his lungs fill completely with pine-scented air. The pavement was damp, and the forest seemed to hang on to the wet scent of rain, soaking it up like a sponge. Wild rhododendrons, though not in bloom yet, broke up line after line of tall trunks. A break in the forest as they went around a curve revealed the North Santiam River. It was low this time of year, and water frothed and foamed around the large sunken rocks. "'What do you think?' his dad called over his shoulder. "'It's great,' he called back, then realized his dad meant the bike. He chuckled to himself. "'And the bike is great, too!' He'd missed his family while he was living in Portland for med school and his first year of residency. He'd missed Timber Falls, too. As far as he was concerned, it was a great place to live at any age. His dad was calling back stats about the bike as they went over a steel bridge with crisscrossed beams on the sides, blue-green from oxidation. There was a sign up ahead. His dad usually called those out since he was leading, but he didn't seem to see it. Whatever, he could figure this out. Caution. Sure, that made sense. Caution. Luce. He sailed past the sign. Given a few more seconds, he would have had it. It was harder under pressure, something his second-grade teacher, Mrs. Green, never figured out. His brain filled in the missing letters with loose girls, but he was pretty sure there were no caution signs for those. He turned to look over his shoulder, and sure enough, there was a sign on the other side with the same message. He'd get it this time. Loose. Grr. Grav. He didn't know if it was his attempt to look over his shoulder that undid his balance, but before he knew it, the tires had slipped out from under him, and he was skidding across the shoulder of the road on his left side. With a shout, his dad jumped off his bike and came running over. Are you okay? What happened? He was still trying to figure that out himself. Disoriented, Daniel tried to sit up, mentally measuring what hurt the most. His hip and hand were scraped, but it was his leg that felt raw and ripped like a rabid dog had gone after it. Just lost focus for a second, he said, wincing as his dad lifted the bike off his injured leg. Look at that, he thought as he looked around. There is a lot of loose gravel, which I would have seen if I wasn't so focused on beating my dumb dyslexia. His dad looked around, his gaze catching on the sign. I didn't read the sign, said Evan, his voice aggrieved. This is my fault. I shouldn't have been so wrapped up in the bike. No, it's not. It's, it's fine. It's just a scratch. Evan placed a firm hand under his arm and helped him to his feet. Can you make it home again on the bike? Oh, yeah, definitely. But his dad was already kneeling to examine the wound for himself, gently rolling up his torn pant leg. Hey, listen to the patient. I'm fine. Just having a quick look, Evan soothed. Think of it this way. This will actually be a quick ride like you promised Mom and all the other people waiting for you to grill their dinner. Funny bone doesn't seem to be affected, Evan muttered. Fine, let's get you back on the bike and see how it goes. Gingerly, Daniel mounted the bike again, the joint protesting, pain screaming down his calf and up his thigh. See? I'm okay. He smiled, but his father narrowed his eyes. I'm not an idiot, Daniel. Neither am I, Dad, and I don't want to sit here while you go get the car. Let's just get back to the house. The scenery didn't touch his soul in quite the same way on the way home, his pride stinging worse than the deep cuts on his knee.
I did not go into this series planning to write about dyslexia. Uh, those who know me know that neurodiversity runs in my family, uh, and so it is really important to me, but uh, in this case it, it wasn't actually one that I had looked at. But Daniel informed me that it was important to his character, so I rolled with it. And I love that for him it is largely a source of strength and determination, not a setback. I also love the rest of his family and how they love being together, mostly, but also have their squabbles and disagreements because that's real life. And I want my work to reflect and inform real, mostly healthy relationships. Book six in the Timberfall series is out now. As I record this, it is release day. And so far, the feedback I'm getting is that Timberfalls is a wonderful place to spend Christmas, even if they really wanted to push these two knuckleheads together sometimes. Uh, they said it has warm, lovely vibes, so I hope that you think so too. It is still just 99 cents, but it'll be going up by the end of the week, so don't wait. I'm going to try to get my act together and give you a mini-sode with the first part of the book, but we'll see if that really happens. Hashtag ADHD life. If you need more Timber Falls in the meantime, you can find the whole series in ebooks on Amazon, in Kindle Unlimited, or in paperbacks at most independent bookstores. And I would honestly love to hear from you. If you have a question you want answered on the show, send me a voice message on Anchor, and I'll try to include it on a future show. That's also where you can donate to support the show. Or if you're like me and don't want to learn how to do one more new technological thing, send me an email at fiona at fionawest.net. I'm Fiona West, signing off. Happy reading, book buddies.